The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Christ Universal Temple is located, again, in Chicago, and the founder is the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. The Senior Minister is the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, on behalf of Reverend Wells and everyone that's a part or involved in helping create the experience called Christ Universal Temple, I invite you to come and check us out. You know, we have Sunday service from 10.30 a.m. until noon. Uh, so we get you in, we inspire, we teach, we praise, and then you can go out and live the life that you experienced and heard about in service so we'd love to have you hang out with us come join us uh reverend wells will will give you a powerful lesson that you can practically demonstrate in your life now i'm in the midst of teaching a series called the mental equivalent which is based upon the booklet the mental equivalent by emmett fox and this booklet is better, in my opinion, than many books that I actually own. It's a small booklet of 40 pages. And in the midst of these 40 pages, you get the equivalent of a 300-page book in knowledge, if not more. 
I strongly suggest that everyone go to, I believe they sell it on Unity's website because it's, it's a Unity classic booklet or pamphlet and purchase it. It's only a couple of dollars, two, three dollars, but it's worth its weight in gold, like literally worth its weight in gold. Get the book, give it to others, gift it as a, you know, if you're making a Christmas baskets or gifts or stocking stuffers, put it in. A stocking stuffer because it's small, it's an easy read, and it only deals with one thing. How do you work with this thing called a mental equivalent? You don't have to have large theological discussions around it because it doesn't make a difference. If you don't have the same, if a person doesn't have the same religious beliefs, they can read this book and get something from it at whatever stage they're in currently in life, in consciousness. So let's make sure that we work with it. So to, last week I I taught the first chapter, which was basically explaining uh, what a mental equivalent is. And today I'm reading the second chapter, which is universal polarity, universal polarity. And before I actually start reading uh, and teaching out of the second chapter, I want to read something out of the Holy Bible. Uh, Mark chapter 11 verses uh, 20 through 24. Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. This is a story about Jesus. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I love that last verse. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. So that's the context in which I'm teaching this universal polarity because Jesus was basically talking about how do you work with your mind in prayer? How do you develop and build these mental equivalents? Now, he was using theological terminology of his day. Emmett Fox was using the terminology as he understood it with his own terms. So what is this universal polarity? Emmett Fox wrote on page 10. The law of polarity is, of course, a cosmic law. Everything is produced by two other things. That's the basis of it. Everything is produced by two other things. He says, anything that there, any, anything that is ever produced anywhere in the universe is produced by two other things, even if it's within the same thing. You know, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, this is, can be your thinking and your feeling which we'll talk about a little bit later. He gives examples of parenthood. He gives examples of physics and chemistry, protons and electrons. He gives many examples. And in Christian metaphysics, we even talk about uh, mind idea expression, mind idea expression. But getting back to what Emmett Fox was teaching, he wrote bottom of page 10, in the building of thought, 
Oh, so you got to be clear about this. In the building of thought, the two poles are clarity of thought and warmth of feeling. Knowledge and feeling. Again, in the building of thought, as you are building up, enhancing, developing your consciousness, thought by thought, the two poles are clarity of thought. How clearly can you see what it is you say you desire and warmth of feeling? What are you interested in? Or Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. Feeling gets the blessing. He goes on to write, 99 times in 100, the reason metaphysical students do not demonstrate is they lack feeling in their treatments. Treatment is another way of saying scientific prayer or affirmative prayer. So he's saying the reason why metaphysical students don't demonstrate because they is because they lack the feeling. He goes on to say they speak the truth. Oh, yes, I am divine spirit. I am one with God, but they do not feel it. In other words, it's not real to them. What you feel is real to you. He goes on to say the second pole is missing. When they talk about their troubles, they are full of feeling. Listen to people talk about the things they've gone through, the amount of feeling that goes into it. But then they say lifeless affirmations and expect the world to turn around. But hear me. You cannot have the breakthroughs you want in life with lukewarm feeling or no feeling. You can't be resigned to the way things are and have breakthroughs. There's no way that's going to happen. You have to become seriously interested. You have to have conviction about what you want to demonstrate. He goes on to say, using another example, he says, a person will say, I am divine spirit. And they say it without feeling. But when they say, I have terrible pain, it is loaded with feeling. And so the pain they get and the pain they keep. Because the mind can't shift away from what it is that they say they don't want. This is one of the reasons why New Thought always tells people to think about what you want. Not because you're trying to act like an ostrich who puts his head in the sand. It's because we're dealing with mental science. So you put your mind on what it is that you want. Going on. And this also doesn't mean that you don't address things that need to be addressed in your life. But you have to understand the science of how you deal with it which we'll get to as we continue to work with this booklet. He goes on to say, a person is out of work and says with no feeling, God is my infinite supply. I'm always in my true place. But if someone asks whether work has been found, he or she says, I've been out of work for two years. I've, I wrote letters. I went after that job, but they were not, they were prejudiced against me. They wouldn't give me a chance. When one gets on the negative side, the negative feeling comes in. And that is what is demonstrated. The person remains unemployed. So he gives a key. To think clearly and with feeling, 
leads to demonstration because then you have built a mental equivalent. So let me go back that back to that again. To think clearly and with feeling leads to demonstration. To think clearly. Many times as a minister, I've asked students and people who come to me, parishioners and just people in general, when they start talking about their lives not working, I'll ask one basic question. What do you want? And you would be surprised how hard that question is to answer for some people. What do you want? Okay, I get you don't want this. What do you want? Well, I just want money. How much money do you want? How much, you know, uh, well, I just want to be happy. Okay, describe happiness to me. What is happiness to you? Well, I just want somebody to treat me right. Describe what somebody treating you right looks like. What are what are the characteristics of a person who would treat you right? What do you what is it that you need out of a relationship? Because only thing they're talking about is compl- or uh, only thing they're doing is complaining about what they don't want. And then when you drill down on what it is that what it is that you want, you don't know. So you have to get whatever's passing by in the mental atmosphere dr- being drawn to you by your inconsistent consciousness I just want you to think about it do you know what you want in the major areas of your life where do you want to be money wise how much money do you want to make how much money do you want to have invested and saved in emergency funds, et cetera? How much money do you want to, or, uh, or desire or need to take the vacations or do some of the other things that you want to do to support the organizations that you believe in, et cetera? What does that look like? And do you feel it enough to where it'll pull you? Yeah, and I literally mean pull you. You say, I need to get this my health together. What does that look like for you? Does that look like going to the gym three or four days a week? Does that mean walking in the neighborhood every day? Does that mean taking a yoga class or some other type of exercise program? Does that look like changing your diet? Or does it look like just adding fruits and vegetables to your diet? Does that look like stopping uh habits that are destructive like cigarette smoking or obviously you know drug abuse legal or illegal drugs does that look like you know not abusing alcohol what does that look like for you because if a person says um i want my health to get better and you, and, you know and you're down in the 12 pack every night it's kind of hard to get there So it's understanding what it is that you really want and then having the conviction to believe that that's possible for you. you got to have real feeling. Moving on. 
So he says, page 12, think of the conditions you want to produce. If you want to be healthy, happy, prosperous, if you want to do constructive work and maintain a continuous understanding of God, you do not necessarily picture it, which is a good thing, by the way, but you think it, feel it, and get interested in it. You think it, feel it, and get interested in it. I think that interest has been my secret weapon in new thought for years. It's one of the reasons why I can absorb a lot of information. I get some of my friends and colleagues joke because I read so much. You know, he can read anything and he recalls so much of the information. Well, it's because I'm interested in it. It fascinates me. You hear the word fascinate? Studying about spirituality and theology and et cetera fascinates me. Reading about how the human mind works fascinates me. The reason why I can answer so many questions about Jesus as a historical figure, because Jesus as a historical figure outside of the theology, Jesus as a historical figure fascinates me. So I can read all type of books about it. Reading about and understanding spiritual principles and spiritual laws fascinates me, fascinates me. So it's easy to recall something that fascinates you. When something fascinates you, you should be able to recall it. So it's never work like, oh, man, I got to read these books. Oh, I got to get to get into this material. Oh, I got to watch this video. Oh, I got to listen to these audio programs. Never, never, never fascinates me. I can do it all day, every day. I never have to do administrative stuff at church. I could do a show like this, teach class, preach. I could do it every day. It wouldn't bother me at all because I, because I, that would allow me to just preach, teach. And study because it fascinates the the studying fascinates me being able to take material from one place to another. So I'm sharing what fascinates me because I want you to get connected to what fascinates you. I have a, one of my brothers. He 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 uh, sells and I guess breeds dogs. I don't know if breeds the right term. And you get them talking about dogs and and how the breeds were put together and what this dog can do and how big the chest gets in the head and the, and and how much, you know, the characteristics of this type of dog versus that type of dog. And you can see the fascination coming out of him. And I love it. Other friends of mine, he, he loves music. When he starts talking about music, it doesn't make a difference if it's uh R&B music, rock and roll music, hip-hop music, blues, jazz. It doesn't make a difference. House music, old school house music, new school house music. The music fascinates him. So when he starts to talk about music, he lights up. What lights you up? Another buddy of mine who taught, who who loves to do, he's a just computer, computers, computers. You can do anything on a computer. It fascinates him. 
You got to know what fascinates you, what turns you on, what lights up your soul. Because that gives you a clue on how to build a mental equivalent. And sometimes you have to generate that type of energy around the thing you want when it's not there. You have to create interest in what you want. So uh, it looks like we're about 20 seconds away from our first break. So let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. Go to unity.fm, click on the Donate or Giving button, and help support this online ministry. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, so we're back, and I'm teaching the mental equivalent, chapter two out of the mental equivalent, universal polarity. I do want to let you know that uh, this show has a Facebook page. You can go to Truth Transforms uh, with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you give it a five star review and write a positive review. Also, the show is on iTunes and Stitcher. Go on iTunes and Stitcher, write a positive review, give it a five-star rating. It helps the algorithms of Facebook, iTunes and Stitcher, and all these different folks push the show in front of folks. We want to make sure that as much as we possibly can, we're spreading the word, and we want to get it out. The world needs our message. Uh, if you want to call in, you can call in at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Trust me when I tell you, you want to call in and ask questions because it gives you an opportunity to get a direct answer. Sometimes, I'm not saying I have the answer, but I can give an answer that could possibly help you as you work with these materials. All right. So back to the booklet on page 
twelve. He says, um, what we call feeling in connection, what we call feeling in connection with thought is really interest. Feeling is not excitement. Then he goes on to say, true feeling and thought is interest. Again, what are you interested in? He asks the question, can people be successful if they're not truly interested in their work? In other words, how it's hard to give everything to something when you're not interested in it. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. Uh, looks like we have a caller online. Uh, caller, are you there? I'm here. It's Reverend Pops. Hey there, Rev- Reverend Bobby, Reverend, a.k.a. Reverend Pops. How you doing? How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I just Good. wanted to let the people know that I am one of the ones that talk about you because I call you the sponge because the way you, <laughs> you know, process information, my Lord. But but the one thing, you know, you were talking about earlier is you have to add the feel to things. Yeah. You know, and and, and in my travels, you know, the, the, the thing I, I find mostly is people add the feel to you know, their desires, but it's the opposite feel. Like I really don't deserve this, mm-hmm. you know, I want it, but you know, because in eighth grade, I failed this test. I, 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 I don't feel worthy of having it. And they really have to, you know, go back to the, you know, I'm going to be corny right here to the created in the image and likeness of God's self mm-hmm. that they are to add the correct feel to those things that they want to demonstrate. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one of the value, valuable teachings of new thought, which is teach people what's right about them because it helps them develop a positive self image, a healthy self image, Mm -hmm. a holistic self image, you know, when, because many times people have negative feelings associated with their past and since they can't differentiate their story from who they are spiritually they get stuck in their story and the story has all these crazy feelings around uh or connected or intertwined so and you know as i was teaching my class last night when they start to yank and start to work with truth sometimes they don't know what's going on because they will pull a root and don't realize how long that root is and what is connected to other things. And we'll call that yeah. a new thought chemicalization. When you start yeah. uh, putting that truth in that subconscious mind, it stirs the pot. But we have to continually continue to do it because, the, as you were just talking about, the feeling sometimes that's negative is is the reason why people can't connect to what they say they desire. As Emmett Fox was talking about, you know, you know, they don't say I'm one with God with any feeling. But when it's that stuff they don't want, oh my God. <laughs> tons of feeling. <laughs> or they'll say they yeah. want a thing, but yeah. their feeling is somewhere else. And yeah, the, you know, it has to be a marriage in mind for it to be harmony. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, you can't go east and west uh, at the same time. 
the strong the strong feelings have a tendency to be those negative that we refer to feelings they're they're the ones that are really the strongest and you really have to be careful and watch those things and and as far as chemicalization i'm gonna give you one quick thing then i'm gonna go because i want to finish listening to you but hmlk gave a perfect example of the clear water going into the glass with the dirt in it and how the dirt bubbles up as you pour clear water in it, but you continuously pour clear water and clear water and clear water, and in the overflow, sooner or later, all the dirt comes out, and you have a glass full of clear water. All right. Well, thank you, buddy, for the call, and you know, let's you know, let's just keep working this because this message has to get out into the world. Hey, we are the workers that do the work. Just like you said, amen. <laughs> it works if you work it. All right. Take care, buddy. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye. So back to page 12. Uh, bottom of page, he said, you build a mental equivalent for what you want by getting interested in it. This is the way you create feeling. Now, notice what he said. This is the way you create feeling. So say, for instance, you want something, but you don't have a lot of feeling around it, or you have negative feelings around it, like uh, Reverend Bobby just mentioned. Well, what you have to do is you have to create the feeling. How do you create the feeling? You have to have, and this is this word I'm about to use sounds almost like a paradox. You have to have relaxed focus. In other words, you, you have to you, you, you can't be all tense, which he talks about later in this chapter, but you have to consistently choose to put your attention back on what it is that you say you desire. The moment your mind shifts somewhere else, you pull it right back to what it is. The moment you, you, you know, you read in the book and your mind says, oh, I'm sleepy. I don't want to read. I don't want whatever. And then you realize this isn't just because your body's tired. What's actually happening is your mind doesn't want to deal with the ideas that are being presented in the material. So it just makes you go to sleep. So you have to say, no, I'm going to read. Okay, well, I need to read in the morning then if it's not working at night. Uh, uh, While I'm driving in my car, I can listen to the radio. I can talk on the phone or I can put this audio program on. And while I'm driving... I'm working with this material. While uh, If you're on the treadmill, you can listen to the latest Beyonce album. That's cool. That's great. It gets you working out. Or maybe you're listening to uh, an audio program on the subject matter about building consciousness, about prosperity, about divine health, about success and goals. It could, you know, Tony Robbins or Brian Tracy or, you know, even better me. So it's good that you have the opportunity to create the feeling because you won't always be there initially because because here's the key if you already had clarity of feeling i mean clarity of thought and and conviction of feeling and interest you would already have the mental equivalent and to have the mental equivalent is to have the physical equivalent because the mental equivalent is the blueprint that spirit uses to bring the demonstration into your life. Back to the booklet. All right. He says on page 13, if you want health, get interested in health. If you want the right place, 
get interested in service. In other words, get interested. I tell people all the time, folks, somebody will come to me and say, you know, I'm working with this health challenge. Got it. it. Okay, we're going to pray now. But now I need you to get interested in health. What does interested in health look like? I want you to get these books or, or this book. Read every chapter three times before you move on to the next chapter. Well, that's a lot of time. You're not interested in health. You think that somebody else's consciousness necessarily is going to override what's going on in your own mind. Or I want more money. Get interested in money. Study money. Read all the biographies of people and how they develop money. How did, how did a person go from having nothing to something? Study self-made millionaires. Study how money is utilized. Subscribe to magazines that talk about money. Get Fortune magazine. Subscribe to Money magazine or Forbes magazine. Why? Why am I doing all these things? Because you're shifting your consciousness. What are you reading about? What are you studying? Some of our children know more about reality show stars than they know about the icons in in their own communities or of their own nation. It is 100,000 times more likely that a one-hit wonder singer, actor, or rapper will be on the cover of a magazine than a person who created their own business out of their basement who's now a multimillionaire. Why? Because we enjoy the entertainment. But the person who's the entertainer or the athlete or the whatever, they had to grind and get their minds to where they needed to be as well. But that's that's not what the story is going to be about. It's not going to be about how many times they were waiting tables and going to going to uh, 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 rehearsals or not rehearsals, whatever the word is when you applied to be an actor for a particular TV show or whatever, a play or whatever. I remember uh, years ago, the, uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, who's a historian on black wealth, wrote that you would never see black millionaire businessmen on the cover of Ebony magazine. And he asked why? This is a good question. Because here's the thing. If if study people who are successful in doing what you say you want, that's how you get interested. Become fascinated with Success. This is what Napoleon Hill did when he wrote The Law of Success and Think and Grow Rich. He studied for over two decades the success principles of the most successful people in the United States. He interviewed them. He studied their work. Why is that important? It's important because he got interested in it. 
so much that it gave him the keys to success. All right. So bottom of page 13, he wrote, the only way to expunge a wrong mental equivalent is to supply the opposite. Get clear, clear to supply the opposite. opposite. Think the right thought. So if you've been thinking the wrong thoughts, and what are the wrong thoughts? The thoughts that won't get you what you want. But let's be more clear according to new thought theology. The right thought is thoughts that are in alignment with the truth about God. New thought teaches that God's essential nature or character is absolute good. That's a fundamental principle of new thought. God's nature, God's intention, God's will, etc. So if God's nature or essential character is absolute good, then God's will for you, me, and everyone else is also absolute good. That's that's essential. It's hard to call yourself a new thought person and not believe that. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, you can't be a new thought person. That's my opinion. I'm not throwing shade on anybody. In my opinion, you can't be a new thought person if that's not your starting point. There's only one presence and one power in the universe, God the good omnipotent, the everywhere present spirit of absolute good. The starting point. No matter what, it doesn't make a difference if it's unity. It doesn't make a difference if it's science of mind slash centers for spiritual living. It doesn't make a difference if it's divine science. It doesn't make a difference if it's universal foundation for better living, a.k.a. UFBL. It doesn't make a difference if it's infinite way. Joe Goldsmith's organization that he started years ago it doesn't make a difference if it's many of the independent writers and organizations in new thought. So. To think right is to think in alignment with the truth about God. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Since you are made in the image and likeness of God, to think right, to think what's right about God, in other words, to think thoughts that are in alignment with the truth about God is also to think thoughts in alignment with the truth about you, not your human personality. Your human personality can have some trifling ways. I'm talking about the true you, the spiritual you, the God you, the Christ in you, the truth in you, your true spiritual identity, otherwise known as I am. So that's why we're always telling people to think in alignment with the truth. Because to expunge a wrong mental equivalent is to supply the opposite. He says the right thought automatically deletes the wrong thought. He says if you say I'm not going to think resentment anymore, I don't I believe in it, there is nothing to it. I'm not going to think about it anymore. You are thinking about resentment and strengthening the mental equivalent of resentment. Forget it. Think of health and bodily ease and peace and harmony. And here's the key. Speak the word for it. Speak the word for it. Speak the word for what you desire. Speak the word. This is why I started off with the scripture. In Mark, when Jesus said, 
I, truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart but believe what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Jesus didn't say pray something away. He was saying pray for what you want. I just want this to land. How much attention do you give to the things you don't want versus the amount of attention you give to what you say you really want? Because part of being in integrity with yourself is making sure that your actions match up with what you say you really want. Your words match up with what you say you really want. So we're going to take our last break. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Did you know that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want, but not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors' The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm on page 14 of The Mental Equivalent, and I actually have the word for when the actor actually goes to try out for a show. It's called an audition. You know, it was just one of those moments where the brain is like, I'm not giving you this word, no matter what. So, so um, uh, you know, uh, I had a, uh, an angel send me the proper word. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on page 14, uh, Emmett Fox wrote, if I say to you, don't think of the Statue of Liberty in New York, you know what you're thinking about. You're not thinking about anything except the Statue of Liberty. There she is, complete with the torch in her hand. I said, don't think of her, but you do. Now, I'm going to say this, that some time ago, I visited a perfect reproduction of the village of New Salem near Springfield, Illinois, as it was in the days of Abraham Lincoln. Even the log cabin is furnished as it was in his day. Now you have forgotten the Statue of Liberty, haven't you? You're thinking of New Salem. I gave you a different idea. This is the key to the management of your mind, of your thinking, and therefore the key to the management of your destiny. So the more you talk about what it is that you don't want, you're pulling it up in your mind. See, but here's the thing. Universal law is impersonal. So if you're thinking about it and you're feeling it, that's what you're telling the divine law you want. So be mindful that the way to work with this principle of changing your mental equivalent is by feeding your mind different thoughts, different images, different ideas. You don't fight the old paradigm. You just focus on what it is that you desire. Stop wrestling with the old. Stop wrestling with your past. You know, I can never forget going to visit a person in the hospital. And when I, while I was there, because this was somebody I knew personally, the calls kept coming. Everybody, everyone was asking her, what is it that's going on in your body? What are the doctors saying, et cetera, et cetera. So I just shared my opinion. And I said to her, uh, when people call, if you're willing to do this, I suggest that you just tell people I'm working on my healing. And she said, why? And I said, because every time you have a discussion about what the doctors are saying, you are reinforcing that image in your subconscious mind. Now I said, now when you talk to your husband or any, or your doctor or anybody you feel absolutely has a right to know, like your spouse has a right to know without a shadow of a doubt, then have those conversations. I said, but everybody else, I appreciate, keep me in your prayers. I'm working on my healing. What are the doctors saying? Hey, you know, I'm just focused on my healing right now. I'm just working on my healing. Pray for my healing. What are you doing? I said, when you say that to the people, 
they'll do one or two things. If they really are concerned about your well-being, they will pray for your well-being. If they're nosy, they will just leave you alone. Either way, you win. Because to have those conversations over and over and over and over again, well, what do they say about this? And well, how long are you going to be that on that? And, you know, then what happens after that? And what you're doing is reinforcing it in your mind over and over again because you're telling the story. Um, you know, you have to be careful when you are telling even testimonies that you're free of the testimony emotionally. Because if not, when you pull up that image, you also pull up the feelings that go along with it. I never forget when I was new to CUT, uh, 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 we had this thing where we, uh, a bunch of speakers came in and uh, Les Brown had brought a, a whole bunch of speakers. And, and one evening, this young lady was, was talking about her testimony and she was a speaker and her testimony was overcoming an abusive husband and domestic abuse. But she got caught up in that story. And I've never forgotten that as a speaker because it taught me that you can't liberate somebody else with your story when you haven't been liberated from it. And she got stuck in her story in front of all of us. It's, it's, so the imagery as she told the story put her back into the feeling and she didn't know how to get out of it. Now, Let's look at that from our perspective. If I'm trying, if I'm recognizing universal polarity, which is clarity of thought, feeling with interest or conviction of feeling, then if I haven't healed from something, I don't need to be talking about it from with people who can't help me heal. Now, see the difference? I didn't say you not talk about it with people who can't help me heal. This is why I'm a big believer in counseling. I'm a big believer in therapy. I'm a big believer in getting prayer practitioners. I'm a big believer in prayer lines and things of that nature. Because those are people who can help you shift and create a new mental equivalent. Because the healing is happening only in your mind. God is not withholding your healing. But just like someone uh, would say to you, don't think of the Statue of Liberty, and your mind goes to the Statue of Liberty. Now, what if you had a bad experience at the Statue of Liberty? So not only are you bringing up the Statue of Liberty, you're bringing up those feelings if you haven't healed and released them. So you have to shift to what it is that you say you desire. Some people call it the law of substitution. So, page 15, Emmett Fox wrote, do not dwell on negative things, but replace them, supplant them with the right constructive things. The law of mind is that you only get rid of one thought by substituting another. Mm. To use the example of if you put a nail into a wall, you, you need to take another nail to knock that first nail out through the wall and out. Next paragraph, he says, 
if you start this very day and refuse to think of your mistakes, and of course that includes the mistakes of other people, if you cease to think of mistakes and instead hold the right concepts, cease to think fear and instead think divine love, cease to think lack and instead think prosperity and the presence of God's abundance, and then if you will think clearly and get interested, you will be building a mental equivalent of happiness and prosperity. So, it's good to take time during your day and just be still. Put some meditative music on. Do whatever you need to do to get your mind in the space and just image and visualize and just see and sit with and thought and feeling what it is that you say you desire. Let's just sit. Just sit with it. Just sit with it. Anything that you know well, you've become intimate with. You have to become intimate with the idea of a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. What does that look like for you? How does that feel? What would you do? You have to see it in your mind. You have to see it in your mind. What does that look like? How does it feel? Get interested in your own success. People are more passionate about their sports teams. People are more passionate about local and national politics or international politics. People are more uh, interested in what the Kardashians are doing than their own lives and their own success. I'm all for everybody getting what they need. But those entertainers on TV, those singers, those rappers, those actors, those Whatever's reality star show TV folks, whatever, all those people are living the life they want to live. You have to become more interested in your success than you are interested in the lives of other people who do not affect your daily life. It doesn't make a difference how much the Kardashians win. You're not winning because they're winning and you don't win by associating yourself with their thoughts. They're winning because you're paying to pay attention to them. Who's paying attention to you and your success and your prosperity and your well-being? This is why you have to create the interest. So. One last point that he makes in this book is. He says, if your two last quick points, 30 seconds each, if your thought is very vague, you do not build a mental equivalent. If your thought is lacking in interest, you do not build a mental equivalent. So make your thoughts as clear and as definite as possible. Reverend Ike would say, be definite with the infinite. Second point that I want to get across. He says, get the thought of what you want as clear as you can. Be definite, but not too specific. Some people want it to be this person this place, this time, this whatever. And and they restrict the ability for the universal intelligence that created universes to show up and flow into your life in a way beyond maybe something that you can realize. You have to be able to be definite and clear about what it is that you want with interest, but don't try to dictate the how. Your job is to know the what. 
not the how, the what. The mental equivalent stage is the how. Your job is the how. God's job is the what. Then your job is the harvest. You don't grow the seed. You plant the seed. And then you harvest the seed. So next week, we're going to study building a new mental equivalent. That's the third chapter in the booklet titled The Mental Equivalent by Emmett Fox. So if you don't have this booklet, I need you to get it so you can follow along with me. Just I, I appreciate those who just listen to me teach, but I'm dedicated to your spiritual growth. So get the booklet. It's a small commitment. You are worth it, and you are worth the effort to get it. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week on Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace. And explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Many of us have heard someone say, I've learned my lesson. I'll never do that again. All too rarely do we hear, that was a wonderful lesson. I'm glad it happened just the way it did, even though I was uncomfortable going through it. I now understand why I experienced the pain. With this new awareness, I can change my behavior so I won't make the same mistake in the future. We bear a good part of the responsibility for creating both the positive and the negative situations we experience in daily life. Wisdom comes from understanding the result of our choices and realizing that we can always choose differently. By fearlessly confronting the role you play in the experiences you may have judged as mistakes in your life, you can make future experiences fruitful and increase your wisdom. This Law of Life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. 
What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for igniting the spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life. <laughs> 